I love you. I wanted to get a good sound of my table in there so that it's easier to get that out of the <laughs> recording at the I always forget that I have a squeaky table, and so I, like, lean on it, and then it's just, like, whenever I listen back, I'm just like, what the hell is that sound? <laughs> it's just a table. <laughs> Welcome back to the couch, everybody. Welcome back to that the couch, is, uh, not the table. There's no table the here. Yeah. There's just a no. couch. Two, it's a coffee table. Two friends yeah, on a coffee couch. Tables, usually. Oh, <laughs> off. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bleep that out. Or a dinner table, um, even. No, <laughs> we don't bleep it out. There's so many tables you could have, though. You could Americans. Yeah, I'm not talking about bleeping out the table. I'm talking about, but it was within like the first meet. It was in. Oh, fuck off! It was within the first like two minutes. We did. We've done four fuck offs, five whatever. or whatever <laughs> in the first two minutes. I, I know we haven't even introduced ourselves yet, but whenever I try to go for a, a Scottish accent, I am not good at accents at all, as as people who listen to this show regularly can attest. Um, I, the Green Traveler from Gorsh, am really awful at accents, but when I try to do a Scottish accent, I always I always invoke uh, David Tennant. Ah, oh, fuck off! <laughs> it's just the best way to get into a Scottish, like, this is how we talk. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck off! Uh... Well, uh, that's plenty of fucks right after the first minute. So that's don't have to right. Those ones out. I don't know what the rules are exactly, but it's just the first minute. That's we all don't I make money about. off of YouTube, anyways. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we could make money if you head down to Patreon.com/slash Green and Faceless on the couch. That just, would be awful really this. helpful. I don't think <laughs> that we're awful at this. What we really <laughs> are awful at. You haven't even introduced at. yourself yet. <laughs> I am the Faceless Leon, and this is Green and Faceless on the Couch, a podcast about movies and TV. <laughs> and it's been a while since we recorded, if that's not obvious. Oh, no. Uh, we're great. We're doing great. But we, we did, I, I did the ad pitch before you, you did. even did the You did. It's I don't all even out of the way, though. I didn't recall you even saying you were the Green Travelers. So I, I threw it into the middle of a of a statement. Well, that's why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just you don't listen to me. That's what I like. listen to the beginning what? and end of each sentence. It's called <laughs> skimming. <laughs> I legitimately I hear what you did say. not. I turn learn. my brain off. I see your lips stop moving, and I listen. <laughs> Uh, I seriously did not learn how, what it, exactly that meant until college. Like a professor, like everybody was like, dude, how are we supposed to read 35 pages in between two, like with all of our other assignments? Somebody, somebody asked that. And I was also thinking, how am I supposed to read all this? I'm dyslexic as fuck. And yeah, um, yeah. he... Uh, in class, taught us precisely what it meant to skim a piece. Like, and, and I'm like, God, this is just the most useful thing, and nobody had ever <laughs> explained this to me. Like, I've heard people talk about it, but right, not explained. Yeah, I used to read books that way, and I was very proud of myself because I can get through books like super fast. Right. But then, you know, I realized after a while, I was like, Huh, after three or four weeks, I don't remember what the book's about. 
And I was like, I don't want that to be the case. So that's why I stopped. I, I now have to like force myself to read slowly. Right. Because I want to experience the book. Right. But well, like, no, I. In, a, yeah. in an academic setting, when you're taking oh, yeah, several yeah. courses at once, it's, it's a priceless tool. But oh, yeah. yeah, I just brought that up because I made a goof. So let's talk about Porco Rosso. The next film. Oh, shit. <laughs> the next film in the Studio Ghibli playlist. Uh, yes, so, we're really enjoying it. <laughs> yes, so we are back to a Disney-produced dub that we both uh, listened to. And a Hayao Miyazaki-written-and-directed film. That's right. This isn't the first look at his love of aircraft, but it's definitely the first like deep, divulgent dive into the world of aircraft. Yeah, that's very fair because it all revolves around one pilot, one sleazy piggish man. His name is Marco uh, Rossellini in in the dub, but it's it's like Paget in um, the original. It is based yeah. that Disney used Rossellini because all right the title. The original title. Crimson Pig. Kurunai Nobuta, which literally translates to Crimson Pig. Because he is yeah. a pig man who flies this really sporty uh, red seaplane. And it's all yeah. about seaplane po- pilots. And male toxicity. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is about that. Uh, so it's after World War One, uh, r- really after the Great Depression. Well, uh, during the Great Depression, right at the beginning of it, really. And in fact, uh, at some point, uh, Porco has to get his plane fixed. And Piccolo, his mechanic, who's like the best mechanic in the world, has like his entire family and the entire village <laughs> working on it. And it's all women. Because probably most of the men died in uh, the uh, yeah, the yeah World War One. Uh, in yeah. fact, Porco was a fighter in World War One, and uh, after World War One is when he got cursed. Yeah, I don't know mysteriously how how no the explanation curse for it. actually happened. Uh, he said, well, there, "Yeah, when, that's the thing. When. It's, it's, he he gave a, yeah. an indication of when, but I don't know why that led well." Yeah. It's all because of the. There is no curse. It's all just like how he visions himself. Okay. Like it's, it's all, all right. a See, message. I, 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 I guess I picked up on that, but yeah. it. So he just he just did the magic to himself. Okay. The spoilers. That's ahead oh, that's of time. my. But I. Well, that's no, a that's good my interpretation. interpretation. It's, it's. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all it's all up for you know for you to think of, but it's just that's how I always imagine it because I don't think anybody really mentions that he looks like a pig. They all just say he's a pig, like a very piggish person. You know, they they all they all mention that he has a piggishness, but I don't remember anybody specifically think, being like he's a pig. <laughs> I think I recall the pirates, especially not to his face, talking about yeah. him being a literal pig man. Uh, like they, yeah, they yeah. would just I mean, like, even... like they said, "Oh, it's the pig," and you know, yeah. So you don't. I mean, even then, though, 
that's what I'm saying. Like, even then, it all fits the the message that he's not an actual pig. He is just known as a womanizer. He is known as that kind of uh, a male who, you know, he's just a pig. And, and that's how he is. That's Michael Keaton is the voice of Porco Rosso. And he plays him as a very, like, kind of not disinterested, but, you know, kind of just like. Yeah, he's, there's definitely very, a uh, distance. Uh, yeah, yeah, distance, aloof. The Japanese voice actor is uh, Shui. You want me to handle it? Sure, I, I I almost had it. Shuichiro Moriyami. Your Yama is I almost had it, but thanks. I'm sorry. <laughs> thanks for the faith. I just I just knew you, I heard you pause and I was just like, okay, I can step yeah, back. I, I just was like just getting right re- I was just reading it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was reading it I'm before sorry, I said okay? it. It's okay. We're moving on. So <laughs> he, what Porco has done after the war is become a bounty hunter for seaplane uh, pirates. And there's partic- these particular pirates, one played by um, Brad Garrett um, from <clears throat> Everybody Loves Raymond, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I hover over that. Uh, over his name on the on the website that we're using here, and yeah. it does not mention everybody loves him. <laughs> really? I wonder what it. I wonder what it does mention because, <clears throat> oh man, it doesn't help at all. Because it's like I know he was famous for something else, but that's all I remember him for. Right, right, right. Uh, and that character though is uh, uh, Capo, and it's played by Suna Hiko. Kamijo, and it, he's a lot of fun. Uh, like he, 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 you know, shoots. They all shoot guns and and whatnot, and you know they're fighting in the air. But at the same time, they went when they decide to kidnap these little girls. They're very very sweet and gentle to the little girls, <laughs> yeah. and it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, I will be honest though I don't it, it's been a while since I watched this like a week too. baby it's been a I couple. don't remember the pirates that well at all okay well like, he's the one that I remember the most mostly because I recognize the voice so well and that's fair yeah but anyhow Porco comes and shoots down their plane at any rate and saves the little girls uh, and with yeah. the little girls help it's so funny <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah, and then all of the pirates are really upset with him, so they start making a plan to get even with him and hire this American guy. <gasps> yeah, and that is uh Donald Curtis, who also was a fighter in World War 1, and that's Carrie Ellis uh or Ellis. The old Princess Bride yeah. guy. Yeah. I guess his first name is Ivan. That's kind of cool. What? Ivan Simon Carey Ellis. Oh my goodness, that changes everything I knew about the name. <laughs> Not really. Uh, uh, Akio Otsuka. Thank you. In the Japanese version. And also, they they made this. Uh, we're not gonna list. The no, names we're not for gonna the, list the, the names. Japanese airlines. But that I but did they not... did make the. Yeah, yeah, that's the punchline. You just you just blur out the punchline. Japanese Airlines made 
a dub of this, <laughs> I guess, to promote because it has airplanes. That has to be the yeah. that obviously is the only reason. Very funny. And it needs the American <laughs> audiences to be able to just watch it and understand. <laughs> so they got some. Uh, they got their own dub. It's so funny. Um, oh, but I love it. Uh, real quick, before we get back to our synopsis. They do eventually put a Ghibli engine, which, you know, is where the name was taken from. Uh, and that was pretty cool. Piccolo puts that in. I guess more accurately, Fio puts that in, but we're not to that point. Curtis is hired by the pirates to ba- basically dogfight, you know, Porco Rosso. And he does so and shoots down his plane, which was crapping out anyways. And so yeah. <laughs> he already had an appointment to see Mr. Piccolo in Milan, but Grace, where the fuck is Grace on here? Gina, because her name is Gina. Madam Gina uh, <laughs> uh, played by Susan Egan, and you recognize that voice? I recognize the name. I can't remember. That um... is Megara from Hercules. Oh my goodness! Yes. Okay. And uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good. Wow. I, just every time I she, I hear her as a voice actor, I really enjoy it. And in the <laughs> she was Japanese also Belle in Broadway musical, that's right. In the bro- the original Broadway musical, she played Belle. I've never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tokiko uh, Kato played Gina in the Japanese. Kato. But yeah. She's in love with Porco, uh, and he doesn't yeah. see that because he's a pig, and uh, that's not really how it for, shakes out. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say for other for other reasons, but yeah. that's how everybody else thinks of it. Is that yeah, you know, it's just like they all see that she's infatuated with him, and are just like, God, he's such a you know pig for not Jackass, you know, returning yeah. the favor. <laughs> yeah, dumbass, that fat asshole. Um, so <laughs> fat flying fucking pig. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn it. Okay, so she's she's in love with him and waiting for him to come during the day, not at night, because he always comes at night to her garden, and and then she would fall madly in lo- love with him. And she tells this to Curtis when Curtis proposes. <laughs> uh, which is not his only proposal in the film, but it is his first. And, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, he is a womanizer, same as Porco. Right. But like, just totally different. He, he just, he wants to just take ownership of a woman. That's really yeah, yeah. what he wants. Porco has like that Frank Sinatra, like Humphrey Bogart charm. Mm-hmm. And then like, uh, Curtis is just a sleazeball. Yeah. Like, he's, just, <laughs> he's, he's, he's Quag- worst, Glenn Quagmire right? from Family Guy. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I really, really <laughs> wish that I didn't do that. But <laughs> <laughs> Curtis, uh, you know, gets turned down by Gina. And uh, why did I bring that up? Oh, she's furious at Porco because he's going to Milan because he's wanted in Italy, I think, for desertion yeah, yeah. from the Air Force. Um, Probably, and, and this is all based in the the um, oh, the Adriatic, I believe. I meant to bring up a world map. I'm looking up Adriatic Sea instead. 
That's probably better. Yeah, yeah. It's the strip between Italy and Eastern Europe, I guess. But anyways, yeah, it says here. I'm guessing that's an island that is where it takes place. Yeah, Caverner, Caverner, and Dalmatian Islands. Oh, the Dalmatian Islands. There's I- wow. So that's where the the dogs come from. Huh? That's where the dogs come from. That's why they have spots. It's the oh islands. My God. <laughs> uh, okay, so now that we've learned a little bit about geography. Um, he's going to Italy and he's wanted there and he's pissing off Gina and he's and so he goes by train because the plane is all just shit and then Piccolo's like hey I'm not really gonna work on this even though you're gonna give me all your money but Fio's gonna work on it because she's my apprentice (laughs) and Porco's like you can't do that she's a little girl she's not only is she a little girl, she's a woman. And you can't do that <laughs> to me. I I refuse to let women work on my face. That's right. Yeah. And it was really the <sighs> most piggish that he had actually been. So eventually he agrees to let Theo work on it because she comes out with some pretty detailed plans. Basically, they had to rebuild the entire plane. It would have been easier to just buy a new one is what they said. he takes it out and it's even harder to fly than before but once he gets it up there it's awesome like you know once he gets it off he has to have a he has to have feel accompany him for a bit yes (laughs) just because he's not gonna know the schematics right like not not only that like there's you know theory and then there's the mechanism in the world because like you, yeah. you're gonna have to make adjustments, see how it actually reacts to the air. That kind of part thing about engineering always interests me, and that's kind of what my dad does. He actually literally calibrates the machines that do stuff at factories. Ooh. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and in fact, he was supposed to retire, and they're like, "Hey, nobody else actually knows what you know. <laughs> can we <laughs> can we hire you on contract?" And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> Well, I don't know what else I was gonna do. (laughs) Smoke cigars and be a cool dad, right? Yeah. Uh, So yeah. Anywho, I totally lost what I was actually talking about. We were talking about when they first take they they finally get the plane out and running, and it's Fio and and Porco now. But now the secret police are after him because it's it's Mussolini (laughs) Italy. And they're coming after him because he's a deserter. And they really, really actually want him to join the Air Force. Because he's, like, one of the greatest uh, fighters in the world. And he gets talked into a duel between him and uh, and Curtis. Yeah. Because Fio uh, is a loudmouth, basically. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And immediately... Until he's, like, fighting to his death. That's right. But immediately... (laughs) Curtis is like, oh, Theo, I love you. Theo, (laughs) come on now. Let's get married. And she's like, I will marry you if you if you fight him and and win. And they first they go at it with planes and that doesn't resolve anything. 
and then it's a fist fight. It's the it is really a ridiculous uh, a, a, a line of events yeah. that I'm gonna leave for the viewer. I think, uh, but yeah. it's so. I, I will equate it. I will equate it to uh, Family Guy's uh, Peter versus the Chicken fight scene, where it's just like, you, you know, you're up in the air, and then all of a sudden it's just like, wait, they're now fighting each other, on, like bare knuckle boxing. Like, what is happening? Yeah, bare knuckle <laughs> boxing, uh, knee deep in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I really th- remember watching it as a kid and thinking that the airplane stuff was really cool. But I did not get the humor of it. Like, I, I even yeah. thought, like, okay, this Porco guy is kind of an asshole. Yeah. And and he is, but he also is becoming less of one by the adoration that Theo gives him. Like, he, he, likes, yeah. being, yeah. he, he likes being looked up to and decides to be worthy of that to become worthy of that and i like he's a very redeeming character you know when you hear about his backstory too you kind of get sympathy for why he's where he's at in life like like i I get it but at the same time i agree with you he is even as an adult i mean i never watched this as a kid but when i was watching it, i was like god this guy is such a dick like yeah yeah. i i think he's less of a dick during my adult viewing and i can see what gina and theo might see in him uh and i can chalk up his uh you know absolute dog shit patriarchal views uh to the times that the movie is based in and um you know and he changes his mind once he sees what theo can do so you know i i mean if that's really all it took though (laughs) (laughs) the world would be in a better place by now because there's obviously plenty of female professionals (sighs) well i actually liked it a lot more as an adult because i thought it was very funny and it actually is trying to say something about toxic masculinity too i think but really one thing i didn't get was like is there like a thing with him and Fio and gina like is there like a no i i don't know i don't think so i don't know i feel like there's a thing like that he could that there is a track in this film where he could end up with Fio, and it's that it's i don't know yeah that I, I feel like there's a possibility, but I feel like at by the end of the film, it's very clear that he had no feelings for Theo. In my opinion, right? I felt like he had no feelings for I, Theo. Yeah, there's and a that lot she of didn't have any on, kind though. of feelings for him in that way either. She she know. like looked up and respected him, but I don't feel like she ever had like. A oh, she made him. a pass at him on the beach. I recall her like literally asking him if she, if he would want to. Like in in so many words, and gotcha. then she was like, "Well, don't you like me, Marco or Porco, whatever <laughs> she was calling him? I don't remember uh, if she yeah. called him Marco or not." But anyways, I I remember that scene, but maybe it's not there. Gotcha. Anyways, I give no, the it's, film... it's probably there. I just don't remember. <laughs> anyways, I give the film a full face. I, I, I really enjoyed it, and it's definitely worth one watch, and I, I think I will watch it again at some point. It, I thought it was very funny. 
I, I didn't like it as much as I've liked the other ones. This was like the first one where as I was watching it, I was kind of like turned off. And it was mainly just because of him being the main character. Like, right. I, I do like the message. I think the message is really good. I also like what Michael Keaton did with it. Yeah, yeah, I like Michael Keaton. But, I mean, I really do like the the um, viewpoint that Hayao Miyazaki gave to toxic masculinity. And, yeah. like, I, I thought he did a really good job at portraying it. But, like, you know, it still just didn't stick with me. I did like the, the, the flying. I thought all the, the flight scenes were really cool. Mm-hmm. And I loved... Gina and uh, well, I, I love Theo. Gina was okay. <laughs> Theo was great. I fucking love Theo. Yeah, but no, I, I I give it three stars. I think it's it's a fun movie, but it was it was the first part. It was the first one of Studio Ghibli where I was just kind of like you know I, I was watching it, but I was not invested. I gotcha. Well, we did another one. That's another Studio Ghibli film in the can. It might we Boom. we might not have really agreed on our takes. But uh, that's okay. I still do think it's worth watching. Uh, And Frank Welker was in it. Frank Welker was in it. That is true. He's one of the pirates. We almost forgot. Yeah. We almost forgot. We almost forgot. Can't forget our boy. Can't forget Frank. Please come on the show. And that is the show. I am the green trail of war and i am the faceless leon the most successful experiment on earth <laughs> oh, questionable questionable yeah it's probably really <laughs> not true i mean i guess iphone exists and if that yeah. wasn't an experiment huh. well uh goodbye <laughs> safe travels and good night <laughs> <laughs> Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.